Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part Chepe Space Opportunities. Let's take a listen. Actually, I didn't get a chance to chat with Jacob too long while he was here. I'm, I'm curious if uh, at some point Jacob can spin me up a chain. I want to make a coin. Um, so, what I was talking about the last few days, I think will be really cool. Um, I need to get some input from people who have done this before, though. Uh, well i'm thinking of like a pure um so spin up a series of chains like maybe like i don't know a primary one and maybe 10 uh like what what you call consumer chains which are like daughter chains of the main one uh after interchain security comes out early next year and my thought is to create um immutable chains so tokenomics that um, do not change. There's no governance. There's no nothing. It's like Bitcoin style, right? And you have a series of them, like maybe a you know a dozen or you know maybe ten or something like that. You know, a good chunk of them, and each of them has a different tokenomic. So, for example, you might have one that has a fixed supply with um, you know like you know ten percent inflationary yield, or you might have another one that's like five percent inflationary yield but infinite supply, or something like you know whatever, right? You create like a series of um, chains that pretty much conform to any parameter that anybody would want. So then what happens, and they're all sort of like sub chains, you don't change anything. There's no governance, right? There's no discussion. There's no nothing. And then on top of that, these chains interact with each other in weird ways. So that, for example, let's say a, a validator gets too big for some reason, they have not only the possibility of being like, you know, uh, like weird natural events will happen. Like, for example, maybe you know, if you're a much bigger chain, it's quite possible that you could have a fraction of your funds suddenly locked up for six months or something, right? Like weird things like that. So to prevent chain centralization, but also because there's no governance, there's not really a lot of good reasons to perform like a Sybil attack either. Um, and if you, so there'll be like interesting randomized ways to just like, just either destroy coins or just lock them up or create weird scenarios where like it's like a constant game so that you, unlike other cosmos chains where everything centralizes automatically that there is like a programmatic um series of like think of the ocean like there's waves right and um you know sometimes there's tsunamis and sometimes the ocean is flat sometimes there's lightning strikes sometimes there's like what well, i don't know like hurricanes you programmatically just deploy these things some of which will come with a notice meaning like uh oh a hurricane's about to hit in 3 days you guys better figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> like, you know, and then the next day you, you find out, uh oh, it's a great, you know, it's a class four hurricane. The next day it's like a class five or whatever. Um, so this idea is like you create this interesting sort of game theory where everyone's always on their toes. So nobody puts too much money into it at any given time so that you don't get like, it's like there's a lot of anti whale sort of um, concepts built in. 
a lot of anti-centralization concepts built in. And then each of the chains will be different, but each of them will um, have different parameters, some of which will interact with the other chains to sort of create chaos on different other ones. So like depending on what you know, type of risk tolerance you have or what you want to see happen, you can actually buy different coins in the chain and maybe there's ultimately like ETF of the different coins and whatever, but create immutable systems ultimately where once the set of parameters is in play, they don't change after that. That way, um, like basically uh, validators know what to expect, um, users know what to expect. And as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, like you can be sure that there are going to be natural forces that force decentralization, prevent mega, um, like prevent the formation of mega validators um, and that sort of thing. So there'll be like a, a deep incentivization of decentralization at a core level to where it's like it's that. You got like a programmed What's that? an RNG where it rolls and you have like a list of 50 items that it goes through and it picks one and that way the bots can't track it. Yeah, it'll there'll be sort of like, yeah, there needs to be randomization. There needs to be events that are unpredictable. There'll be some that you'll get advance notice on. So that makes a fun meme effect where people are all like playing games on the chain. And then there'll be other things that won't, right? So like there'll be a constant sort of, so the there's no DAP involved. The whole game is literally just the, the, the tokenomics is the game. And it's like a pure DeFi experience. But um, the side effect from it is it solves certain problems. It's cert like certain problems such as store of value um, becomes questionable when it's possible to dramatically change the chain through like, I don't know, like it's sort of like the Atom 2.0 versus 1.0 um, argument that's being had now in terms of, you know, do you inflate tokens? Do you create a treasury? This would have no team tokens. It would have no community tokens. It would have no anything like it's pure and absolute, like um, sort of like, like Bitcoin. And the only way you can get more of it is by buying it. And, but there's no, like, it's not like a team actually owns any of this ahead of time. So you don't feel like you're automatically going to be dumped on. Um, and you would also do a fair drop. So maybe like you would price the, the coins at like $100 billion market cap, which obviously is ridiculous. And you would have the price of the, the algorithmically drop the price of the sale price of the initial offering to the um, users. It's called a lock drop. Um, Several projects have done this. Astroport actually has the code for it already. It's like you can just borrow it essentially. Like White Whale used the same code when they launched last year. Anyway, point is you'd have this fair launch where price discovery is um, like automated and you, you price the token way too high from the very beginning. So there's no incentive to buy it, right? It's like, don't buy this token. And only as the price falls, you'll slowly find more and more buyers. So a lock drop system... Uh, and a variety of different fair launch approaches um, could be really, really interesting where you can almost do lock drops on almost every chain uh, that has smart contracts on it and accept almost any coin. And then people can acquire these things through a very fair process so that you don't have issues like what happened to the Juno uh, distribution. Um, if anyone remembers that mess, you don't have problems like uh, community funds, which then, you know, people complain about or, you know, so we need sort of immutable, immutable um, stores of value with predictable tokenomics, and we need a series of them, I think. And um, I think it'll be 
you can do some really fun stuff with this. I need to write up a medium article or white paper or some shit, but I've been talking it out with Bruce and I, unfortunately Jacob couldn't be here for a little bit longer, but I, I was like, I need to find someone to spin this up for me at some point. <laughs> so I think the time to do it though was after interchain security launches. I think that'll be a fun time to really, um, it'll be a fun time to do this because ICS um, will allow for um, you to easily spin up fresh chains without um, a whole lot of like development knowledge and all that shit. Um, you can use existing validator networks and stuff. So it should be fun. We'll see. I'm going to see if I can make it happen. Uh, but it's designed so that like the, the initial people involved really don't have any advantage at all. Like it's a completely pure, like uh, community fair drop type of thing so that, yeah, you don't wind up with all the shenanigans of every other chain. Like, I don't know, most of the VC chains and all these things are problematic. So I think there was enough developers in Cosmos that they would actually just volunteer their time to build something like this, which is, it's not even that complicated, actually. Um, I think people would be interested. So we'll see. Um, but, uh, that way you have an actual coin that's actually investable that does not have a huge central element to it and um, also solve certain problems of decentralization that we have not fixed yet. And um, that could be interesting to me. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, man. Like uh, there's a, there's a game called Splinterlands. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but uh, I'm an investor in it and I play the game and I use, you know, we're spinning up nodes and things like that in your near future. And same thing, like you're trying to design it where you want the community community just wants to play a game and stick around right they want to have fun they just want to take a little profits here and there and the goal is to build something where you don't have that incentive for somebody just to dump like you know three founders get you know 50 percent of the coins one gets upset and just dumps and ruins the whole thing so it's it's fun having those those uh variables in there and and gaming's doing that as well on blockchain splinterlands are going to do they're going to add like spells and things like that so when you own land you can come up with these certain spells right before the battle. So it's a lot harder for the bots to catch on, right? Because yeah. you have that variable hitting all the time. Exactly. It, it's sort of somewhat anti-bot as well, but also it's pro-bot in a way too. By pro-bot, I mean that a system that has programmatic randomness that causes mass chaos events and mass shifts in prices and yields and things like that can actually be built upon in the sense that like, traders like volatility so that can all be part of the game it'd be no different uh the best description i have for this is imagine the ocean you're in hawaii and you want to go surfing you check the weather that morning you're like "Ooh, the swell's looking good you're like okay i could catch some waves today you get out there and nothing happens right so like sometimes the signals will be false they won't actually be you know you think it's going to be really big it's not other times you'll get out there and the waves are way too big and they're unsurfable or maybe it's too windy or something like that, right? So the 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 that weather is, fun, man. the weather is a good example for situations where, um, like, you make it so it's not possible for like just because you got surfing in a surfing competition, like each wave is different. You might not catch a great wave, so you can't always win a competition because you you can't be sure that you're going to get. There's a little bit of luck involved, right? When you're, it's like that. So I think people that do like extreme sports probably understand what I'm saying here. But bringing that natural element in, like a destructive sort of uh, force or just like, you know, elements of entropy to destroy centralized systems, what that creates is ultimately this possibility for, um, and, and by the way, everyone going into it would know this, like, okay, I could lose 
um, you know, 5% of my funds if X, Y, and Z happens. And, but I'm okay with that because like, this is the only way the system can be decentralized in some form or fashion. And so there are like checks and balances throughout the system that are automated and, um, everyone, including validators, users, and whatever would go into it, knowing these interesting parameters. And, um, ultimately in the aggregate, I think it would have a store of value effect, but in the short term, you might face you know, weird situations where either funds get locked or things get, uh, your yield goes way high or really low or, you know, strange things like that. So I think incorporating natural, um, you know, sort of like behaviors like nature has to deal with um, could be a very interesting series of mechanisms for a series of chains that interact with each other. Um, and I think that, yeah, the, the ocean example is, I think, one of the best I can give as to how I perceive this, right? Like, you still can have cool water sports on the ocean despite all of the randomness, right? And there's some predictability like in weather patterns and things like that, but not necessarily absolute predictability, um, which is what oftentimes people expect in traditional finance. But what you end up getting is you get this false sense of, um, like you get a false sense of safety, but then what happens is is something really bad happens, like the Terra collapse, the Voyager collapse, the sense Celsius collapse, the FTX collapse, one after the other, the Lehman Brothers collapse, whatever it might be. And so traditional finance, usually because it doesn't have a way to release this entropy or like release this like, you know, chaos on a periodic basis um, in, a, in a sort of like controlled manner, it happens in a very sudden and, and extreme manner. And um, we're trying to sort of like the way I'm thinking of it is to try to create systems that um, sort of release that drama on a daily basis so that you don't have massive events on the long-term basis. Like for example, today, if you go to the Cosmos system, you know, like the top 10 validators are way too big. So even if someone decided to float a proposal, a community proposal, it's very hard to win because the top 10 validators own most of the voting power, right? That um, would not make sense um, in a system like the way I'm talking about where actually um, there are going to be reasons why you don't want to be a really big validator necessarily. And um, that may not be the best choice necessarily. And um, anyway, just some thoughts of how to create decentralization because every other mathematical way to do it, which is results in things like civil attacks and other things, and I think, or compromises the financial security of the chain. So um, it has been very, very difficult to design something that's credibly decentralized. Um, Are this tools going to make it easy to design or is it still going to require a lot of manpower to get that? Coded? I think the new, the new tools like that, that TFL, like Terraform Labs is creating, which is that Feather project, might make it dramatically easier where like a layperson could just walk in and design a blockchain or something like that, right? It's, it's meant to be really, really create. Like ultimately you want the WordPress of blockchains, right? Like you just spin up a chain. It has the parameters you want. You, you know, almost like DowDow is doing with DAOs, you would do this with blockchains as well. And I think maybe it's, it ultimately becomes some kind of collaboration between people like DowDow and, um, and uh, like uh, creating the right tooling to spin up a blockchain really easily. And um, I think we could have some really cool financial primitives that are not centralized ultimately. But anyway. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds like we should get some Google Docs going, have some fun yeah. with it. Start I just, I just started on like, paper. Yeah, and you start putting some stuff on paper eventually here. But I was sort of waiting to see what the ICS parameters were going to be before doing that. But 
like like what what is it capable of and all that in january but cool hey bobby what's up man yeah what's up with the nest is that supposed to be in there or is that just me what's up with what now the nest <laughs> um i don't know uh what's up in the nest oh the uh the hot chicks doing funny things or the yeah like, all kinds of stuff in there oh hmm, i don't know who popped all that up there you did why <laughs> i do that yeah, I don't know. Question about it. <laughs> I have no idea. To check to make sure it wasn't me. Oh yeah, someone's up here trolling. I'm not sure. Who knows? Anyway, um, <laughs> I took him off there. But yeah, what else are you up to, Bobby? Just listening in the background. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know where all the. Oh, this guy Thanos came up and parked all this shit up here. I yeah. thought he was speak. He was just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Who does it? Because they show you who posts it there. <laughs> yeah, it does show you who posts it there. Anyway, um, all right. So what else is going on? Or should I leave it up? Maybe people enjoy it or something. I'm not sure. I don't really care. Anyway, uh, Euro, what are you up to, man? You buying anything yet? No, I'm not a, much of a trader. I, uh, I don't really know how it works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wanted to note the nest so that you can uh, take it down. Um, I got into uh, the Andromeda Protocol Academy thing, so I'm going to start learning about that uh, tomorrow. So maybe yeah. you have some um, fun Andromeda ideas. Andromeda Academy? Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Um, yeah, because like with Andromeda, um, it's essentially the ability to um, create drag and drop, like easy to use um, smart contract um, connections between DEXs or whoever. And essentially, there'll be like an app store of different connectivities. So, for example, let's say you needed to make a, a uh, you needed to make an exchange on Osmosis, but you don't want a user to have to take their atom and convert it to stars tokens or something like that. You could actually have a small module. You drag and drop it, and and using Andromeda, and you'll be able to sort of do that function without knowing how to program. So that's a really cool thing, and. Um, I think, yeah, with Andromeda coming, that'll be in the summer. Uh, developing your, uh, like some of the stuff I'm talking about may be way easier once these new new techniques come out. Um, and you could like design games on top of it. So my theory is uh, you're like, imagine you have 10 coins or something like that. I don't know exactly how many, but each of them have interesting parameters. Uh, they interact with each other in different ways. And ultimately you can use that system as a base layer, almost like think about the ocean. And then people can uh, like put, I don't know, sports on top of it, like, you know, other games or other projects. So using those primitives, you could create, I don't know, like some kind of, you know, bot trading platforms, or you could create like uh, games that try to like, you know, maybe like there's ship warfare on the ocean. And, you know, the, all of the different weather events sort of are the coins that are sort of the waves on the ocean sort of, and then you have this kind of, you can have build games upon this interesting, like tokenomics environment. If you think of it that way, um, that would be like the, the laws of that universe. And then you'd build a game on top of that. So like a resource map. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the terminology is, but I'm not sure if you see what I'm saying though, like the, the base layer. Um, so imagine, uh, so if you guys were like, so remember Luna, right? People used to take their Luna, they used to like borrow off it on Anchor, and then they would use their UST, and then they'd go by Kujira, 
and then they would or or they would buy more luna or maybe they would go to uh grab more luna but then they would split it to y luna and p luna on prism right and they would do weird interesting stuff so that was really really fun to do for people the only problem was the base token luna wasn't uh ultimately safe but all the other pieces of the puzzle were a lot of fun if you could do that you know correctly and um imagine those types of ideas but where the tokens themselves at the base layer are designed for the different sort of parameters randomness inflation deflation etc cetera, etc cetera, and people could choose which of these like you know packages of tokens they want to create their portfolios or their interesting strategies and then dapps could be built on top of those things which can use these interesting primitives to um like almost play games with them does that make sense like it's yeah, weird but like, I'm, I'm thinking like you have a forest you build a lumber mill you take the trees you convert it to wood uh, logs then you have a carpenter and you i don't know you make some wagons then you go mine some you know ore or something etc etc um oh speaking of andromeda they're here right now <laughs> i don't know if you had, they have a chance to talk um poseidon what's up man hey guys um so i'm quite new to the cosmos ecosystem my question is like what is like the best like place to start in terms of investing like should i stick to adam or is there like you know anything like osmosis or something i should focus on buying uh you're talking about just in cosmos in general yeah just in general like just like where should i what i would do do you use desktop or phone um both so if you're on desktop is probably where i'd start i just grab yourself uh the kepler uh ex the Kepler cause the extension for, um, for, uh, oh geez, Chrome, right? So the Chrome extension for Kepler allows you to interact with most of the cosmos. Um, and what you can do with that is you can see it actually, there's a Kepler dashboard, K E P L R, uh, dashboard. And it has like a list of all the different, uh, projects within the cosmos. There are now 50 plus different things. I'm not arguing that you should check all of them necessarily. But um, a good start is, I think, the largest DEX, which would be Osmosis, and the the primary liquidity token at this point is Atom. Um, and then there's other interesting things like Stargaze and Omniflix. And so some of these are NFT projects, and some of them are, um, you know, like spe- chains specifically for um, applications. So that's a big difference in Cosmos is that you'll have an entire chain only for one thing, like NFTs or whatever. And that's a common feature but then there's also traditional layer ones too like with with smart contract platforms like for example um juno or um you know uh what else what do we have the smart contract oh terra or things like that so there's there's smart contract based um platforms that do all sorts of different things and there's dApps and nfts there too so yeah a lot of different stuff to play with there um certainly uh (laughs) while the market's going down it's probably a good time to pay attention because uh, everything's cheaper, so not a yeah, bad Yeah, that's why I was actually wondering. Thank you so much. Yep, not a bad time to be looking. But I would get the Kepler wallet, and then you can get to practically everything within the ecosystem using Atom. So if you have any doubts about that, you can always grab yourself some Atom and have, have at it and go play and stuff like that. I would just play with different things and try. Um, just make sure that with Kepler, I don't know if you do DeFi very much. I'm, I'm assuming you do, or don't you? Yeah, I'm uh, familiar with it, yeah. Okay, yeah, just make sure you don't connect your wallets to bullshit websites and stuff. 
um, like right, right. <laughs> when you're new. So yeah, make sure you get the proper Kepler Chrome extension, get that spun up and then get your wallet set up and then you can go play. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a really good uh, user experience, generally speaking. Hey, um, Sethi, okay. I, um, I just put the tweet. So I'm kind of new to Cosmos as well. And a lot of great people commented some good places to start in the Cosmos ecosystem on this um, tweet that I did. And I would just say yeah. that that's All these good. people have been so incredibly helpful. Um, if you have any questions, just because I know it's really hard to find people, you know, who to trust. Um, but this was a really great place for me to start. You know, for me, I started just staking a little bit of Adam. Um, and then, you know, I went down the rabbit hole. I started down, you know, Osmosis and Juno. And then recently I've gone through my NFT phase with Stargaze. Um, but just read through some of the comments here because I think uh, it's a really good summary of places to start. Because I know it's hard to find a lot of information. So if he just gave you a bunch, but a lot of stuff I learned from him. And this is a good place uh, for you to start as well. Yeah, thank you guys so much. The infrastructure is really good. It's a lot. I think it's a it's an easier experience than like I don't know MetaMask and some of those stuff you might be used to. It's pretty nice. It's um, a legit question too, because there's no front door to Cosmos, right? <laughs> it's just yeah, like a bunch of back doors. <laughs> exactly. It's every chain has its own thing, and you can connect. The wallet connects to multiple chains, um, and that's how the system sort of works and not not even everything's on kepler like the terra ecosystem is separate that's on terra station and that's like luna luna classic and that sort of thing so yeah there's a lot of different um interesting sort of so yeah even polygon i don't know if you're aware of this polygon's a cosmos chain as well um no so way. it's like was matic? smart chain mm -hmm. yeah matic is a is a cosmos sdk based what? chain it's what? evm compatible obviously because it's evm based in terms of like the smart contracts and whatnot but yeah the base consensus layer is like made with tendermint is it mm -hmm. yep the tendermint wow. sdk is the base layer of uh, polygon as well holy so, crap yeah okay. binance smart chain yeah that crypto.com's chain these are all examples of cosmos chains yeah they're fair they're all over the place but there's no like there's no bumper sticker or whatever right so nobody knows that cosmos uh is involved with uh it's very easy to spin up new chains um on cosmos so there'll be a lot going on the next year or so especially the next year. Speaking of which, hey, um, I don't know, uh, who's behind the Andromeda um, <laughs> account right now? Yeah, that's a uh, co-contributor. Oh, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> good, good. Yeah, Austin here uh, in, uh, at the uh, Osmocon. Oh, yeah. No, we, we were just, uh, I was just kind of like uh, describing the sort of, um, the, in the future, the tool sets, the ease of spinning up new chains and the ease of spinning up new uh, consumer chains that are subchains to the main one are going to be fairly easy on Cosmos. And um, the existence of sort of like Andromeda um, uh, systems that you can then kind of like build um, with is going to be, I think, super interesting for a lot of people. Um, it's, I think, the analogy here would be so like when we first started using like personal computers. Um, it used to be fairly difficult to like build a new game, right? So you'd have to build a game engine and, you know, whether it was Doom or whether it was like Quake or whatever, you'd have a game engine developer. Um, think of that as like a blockchain. And then, you know, that would be deeper information. Like, you know, you, a lot of people don't know how to build a game engine, but they have an idea of what they want for a game. And then now you have things like Unreal Engine 5 that gives you a whole toolkit to build a game with. I think the um, the base layer is sort of like all the blockchain stuff, and that's going to become easier. And then Andromeda sort of, to me, is like 
you know, like a, like a, the ability to, you know, a toolkit so you can create mods on a video game or like maybe like a WordPress or a Shopify for um, e-commerce or something like that. Would that be a good description of what you guys do? Yeah, that's a, that's a good description. Um, something like that. <laughs> yeah, there are, are lots of analogies. I mean, if you think of the old style operating system where the kernel of the operating system. I think we lost you there for a little bit. You're disconnected. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened. It's the communication space. And now. Oh, there you go. You're, you're coming back. I'm sorry. It was a uh, some child got abducted in San Antonio. Sorry. Oh, Amber Alert. Yeah, okay. um, All right. <laughs> so I, I don't know where you lost me, but basically, uh, in the old world, the hardware world, the computer world, the kernel of the hardware um, had an operating system sit on top of that, and that was a communication space where you could access all the things that you're talking about. What we've done with Andromeda is created an operating space where the kernel equivalent are all the blockchains in the cosmos. So now our Andromeda logic library will sit on all of the blockchains that we integrate with. And now every user will have access to every chain through the operating system. And they won't even know it. They'll just be able to pick what they want, uh, whether it's, you know, privacy on secret or, you know, any other chain. They're able to put that and compose it with Andromeda digital objects, which is, you know, the next version of an NFT. It's a digital object. And now you can compose smart contract logic inside of those ADOs and compose several ADOs to put them together to create an app. And that app could be a business, it could be a small function that you're trying to do, a problem you're trying to solve, uh, or it can be any, you know, any number of things. And those apps you can construct, in your analogy, a game or something else very easily. And with an operating system like happened in the 60s with hardware computers, uh, discovering operating systems. Now there's going to be a Cambrian explosion of opportunities because you'll have access to things that used to take months. Now you're going to be able to do it in hours or minutes just by having an operating system to work with. Yeah, I, I think of it almost like um, there's a there's a company called IFTTT, uh, If This Then That, that is putting together um, connectors, so to speak, with lots of different platforms, like for example, your phone uh, tools, like um, um, actually Siri shortcuts is a good example of this as well, where you have a lot of different apps and you want to be able to connect them, but you don't want to be a programmer to have to do it. Um, that would be kind of an example, I think, of what Anadromeda does for blockchain. Um, if any of you guys have played with that on your phone, uh, or like IFTTT for like home automation that can connect like phone things to the weather, to your thermostat, to whatever. And as long as there's APIs for all the different um, or programming interfaces between um, the different projects, you can just easily connect all these things. And, you know, maybe like, for example, if the weather is such and such tomorrow, I want the heater in my house to turn on earlier, right? So you, you could program that. So these are the kind of things. And then you could do stuff, stuff like, so with Andromeda's, uh, like, I don't know, give me some idea of like an example of some one of maybe one of the more interesting, um, like maybe high utility type of things you guys have looked at so far. Because I think the companies that produce this sort of project are going to have a good feeling for like what the best use cases are for, uh, or more of the most common use cases for Andromeda Protocol would be like, give me like maybe an example of something. Sure. So um, as a, uh, as a use case, we developed a global supply chain system with our ADOs for a, a company that was going to use uh, wine and spirits uh, and sell tokens that represented a barrel of that spirit and sell it in advance. And you could escrow funds with it. 
with uh, ADOs. You could uh, you could do auctions all automated within the ADOs. I mean, you can build an entire system with ADOs in hours, and you know that's unheard of today because we don't have the capability. I mean, let me give you an analogy. You know, when I was growing up. You know, my dad taught me to work on cars because back then you had to work on cars. You spent, you know, Saturday morning <laughs> looking at your car, checking the, you know, all the, the widgets and stuff that we don't have to do anymore. Now cars are all automated and you don't even think about that anymore. And it's the same kind of thing is that once operating systems occur, you're able to build things. So global supply chain is one of them. Uh, we're about to tokenize uh, 90, a 99-year real estate portfolio uh, that's worth $9.2 billion. And we're about to tokenize that 99-year stream. We were just got off the call where we were talking with the founder that uh, created this portfolio. That, that is very easy to do with an operating system where it would take months and months and months doing smart contract work the old way. Um, the, it, what, we'll, what we're trying to do is create the ability for limitless creativity by building enough ADOs, Andromeda Digital Objects, that perform the basic functions and then let creators come in and say, well, I've got the you know 80% of the tools to do whatever I want to do. Let me build these and we'll have the developer and creator tools to be able to build that extra 20% to do whatever you want to do, whether it's a global supply chain system or you want to do a game or you want to do, you know, something even as simple as payroll for your company. You could do that with an ADO, you know, within, you know, within a day or a week. Yeah, no, I was thinking of it. Yeah, I, I went last time I talked to you guys, I was thinking about it from yeah, that business perspective. If you're a business owner, you realize all these sort of problems, but also just from the perspective of like, so with uh, Cosmos coming up with interchain security soon, I think that's going to open in January. That allows you to spin up chains pretty readily. Um, and what will be very, very interesting to me is I was talking about how maybe I would spin up something like a dozen or so um, like consumer chains. And those chains would each have, they'd be immutable with no governance. And the idea I had was like each of them has different parameters and properties to encompass like different tokenomics uh, that might be interesting to different people. And then you could take all of those individual primitives and because they're mutable and there's no more drama between them, like you can then uh, compose between the different ones. So like if let's say you want to take the yield from one and you want to buy the one that, you know, is deflationary or something, or maybe you want um, whatever, right? Like whatever your sort of financial mission is, you would have a primitive for that mission. And it's all sort of like, pre-programmed in a sense and immutable so people can't screw around with it. And then that can be created into composable systems um, and then create like interesting store of value propositions or like maybe there's like game theory at play where like the different coins do things to the other coins, <laughs> like, you know, like uh, almost like units on a battlefield. Think of like a Starcraft type situation where you have pre-programmed, you know, like weather events and destruction and all sorts of drama that can force decentralization in certain ways too, because that's one of the big problems we have in uh, proof of state networks. So I have some interesting ideas and I think, yeah, and Andromeda sort of um, kind of comes to mind as ways to sort of create this system I'm thinking of in a way that doesn't require just crazy amounts of like new development tooling and stuff. Cause like the things you're building are exactly the things I would need to sort of produce this system that I'm dreaming up. So it's well, kind of cool. 
Yeah, well, that's good because, uh, you know, our chain is going to be uh, a playground of experimentation where we're playing with innovation like automation. You're, you know, you're saying automation and, you know, I'm at least hearing you saying automation. Yeah. A lot of these ADOs can do things. Uh, in fact, part of the architect's uh, original vision is, you know, this is an ex- extremely experienced blockchain crypto uh, expert that is tired of having to have nine tabs and multiple wallets and, you know, unstaking and staking and pulling yield and moving yield around. And you can now automate that with an ADO. You, you don't have to spend all day, you know, doing all the things that uh, people do in the DeFi space. You're able to, you'll eventually be able to automate that with our ADOs. So have you, you, have you created any ADOs yet that allow you to insert, um, like, you know, a, a true randomness into the system that cannot be like, um, like it, with Cosmosm and like with Andromeda, is there a way to drag and drop in a module that allows to the introduction of randomness into a math problem or something, for example? Uh, we haven't created that yet, but that's, you know, we're really excited to be able to introduce uh, developers to come in and do just that. We want developers to come in and play with building ADOs. You know, and the nice part about that is when uh, when you build an ADO or you build an app, maybe like you're you're talking about, you'll be able to put that on in the marketplace you know, on the app store and a developer will be economically incentivized uh, rewarded if that app gets sold. And now have what, you know, in the real estate world, they call a carried interest. So you'll have a carried interest in that app as it's sold and somebody else uses it. So it's a pretty interesting concept that we're bringing over from. Um, it, it's, the, it's, it's the old world, you know, but man, is it, uh, is it nice for developers? You know, because we're very interested in being able to incentivize developers to come and build and create things and be rewarded for that. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so you're not building all of it yourself. It's going to be other people that come in and produce small modules and those that they can then be used by other people like an app store. Well, we'll build, we'll continue to build uh, and and build what we know uh, the market needs off of feedback. But we really, yes, we really do want to have a developer uh, input and them come and build and they be rewarded for what they're building. Now, uh, part of that will be, you know, we'll have to have the the DAO, um, make sure that they're audited and the, uh, they carry the ADO brand so that they're uh, tr- truly audited so we don't run amok and have uh, wild uh, horses out there. But we do need to have some kind of uh, uh, control so that th- these can be trusted. Uh, but yes, absolutely. We definitely want to have, you know, I, I imagine, you know, someday in a, in a, somebody from Andromeda steps out on the stage like uh, Steve Jobs did in the Black Mock Turtleneck and so welcomes the developers to the Andromeda Developer uh, Conference. So, yeah, absolutely. We need uh, large community development in this because we can't possibly know what everybody needs, you know, and we don't want to, we don't, you know, that's, we, the real idea here is to have decentralized community uh, developers coming in and teaching us what we didn't even know, you know, playing with the tools that we've given them because we're trying to unlock innovation in the community. Yeah. Like on-chain kind of randomness is one of the things I'd, I'd like to see in a module. Another thing I'd like to see in a module would be like bringing in information via oracles. So let's say someone has figured out how to bring in like, I don't know, weather information from somewhere as in like maybe it connects to an API to a weather, you know, National Weather Service or maybe it, uh, you know, who knows. Right? But the point is like the idea is that it, it, the module is already built. You can bring that in to 
um, a DAP or something like that and, and have things interact with that information in different ways, like sort of like the IFTTT idea, um, if this, then that, and you could use that logic to produce interesting outcomes, um, you know, like within the environment you're trying to create. Um, so yeah, those, those are a couple of things that come to mind is Oracle and uh, randomness. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea here is uh, we don't want to be, you know, everybody's thinking cap. We want the community to see the tools and to open up their minds that you know, what the art of the possible is. And we think we're going to be able to do it with this operating system where we provide tools, products, and utilities for creators and developers and users to come in and take advantage of a new space that operates in the, in the cosmos. So yeah, if cool. someone could figure out a way to make HTTP calls, then I think you can like either create a chain that acts as the Oracle for the Cosmos ecosystem, or, you know, like individual chains could maybe like plug into a module or something and make these calls outside the blockchain. Right, exactly. So the, the idea is to be able to do that, you know, not only in a way that is consistent, but also, um, to function in such a way that um, I was getting a phone call there, so I might get disconnected. But um, you want it to happen in such a way that you can't be you can't be front run, so that like the moment it be, this information becomes true, it per permeates the chain, and it's not it's not easy to um, like discover information before someone else. Does that make sense? And that's important because if you're building like trading platforms and games and this and that there's a it's important that like i don't know what the right word is but like everyone like everyone gets information every, yeah verified but also everyone gets the data simultaneously so that uh you don't have one player with a strong advantage of the other um with the information so that otherwise all that front running will be right like <laughs> you'll just have a game of front running at that point if if you if you don't have uh yeah, I don't know how that works, but we'll see. <laughs> I have different... Hey, I didn't even think of that. That's actually so true. Yeah, it's just a common problem in blockchain issues. That's why I bring it up. But hey, Migs, what's going on? Migs, you there? Had your hand up. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at Andromeda Protocol, and um, it says you guys are operating with all open source uh, blockchains. And I was wondering, like, is that like ETH? Uh, Cardano, um, XRP, like what is all the 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 protocols that you guys are working with right now? I guess would be my main question. Sure. Yeah. So on our website, we've got uh, a list of all the chains that we're we're integrating with first, and it's primarily focused on uh, the Cosmos uh, proper. So um, as as we come out of what we're in right now is a uh, is a first phase of our public beta. As we come out of our public beta, uh, which will be three phases, uh, and we integrate with more and more chains and protocols, uh, that list will grow. And the idea is that we'll uh, we'll be able to work with uh, anybody that's you, you know using Cosmosm, uh, and that really activates these ADOs to be able to do what the operating system really empowers them to do. Yeah, like so. For example, like let's say you have an NFT project, and some of the folks here have, you know, like NFTs, and maybe you have some properties that the NFT has, you know, where maybe you have your NFT, you take it to a platform, and you know, you, maybe you show up with that NFT, and maybe you get an airdrop or something like that. You'd easily be able to produce sort of these types of 
um, things where, you know, once you've built it one time, uh, it's easy for that to be replicated another time. Imagine it's just a module of code that you can just drag and drop. And, um, you know, these functions that this NFT can do can be kind of programmed in this module, essentially, and then deployed on different dApps and things. So let's say, for example, you have, you want to be able to take a cross-chain NFT, like an IBC NFT, where you can jump between chains or something like that. But you want to be able to uh, have similar functions of that NFTs on, on each chain. You could just basically, you know, kind of just copy-paste the Andromeda module that you've created that does this and you could basically have this nft have a similar capability on each chain but you can just drag and drop it instead of having to code and deploy a whole bunch of stuff each time i guess like maybe that's an example i don't know um, that, that, that's good and migs if you want uh, on the website there there's a video a demo video that shows exactly what uh, Seppi's just talking about that you, you know, go cross chain by drag and drop and building the ados very quickly yeah cool so, yeah i looked at the discord too your discord here and Where's, where did you say the best place to look at and uh, find the most information is to the website, Discord? Yeah, so if you go to the website, you'll be able to, uh, our documentation, we've got some of the best documentation in the uh, in the industry, uh, and we've heard that from uh, many of the chain leaders. So you can go to the documentation on our website and take a look at that. There's a demo video there as well if you want to take a look at that. Um, you know, of course, if you're on our Discord, uh, we'll, we're happy to talk to you there as well. And then uh, just to clarify my first question, what's the chain you guys started from or like uh, originated out of, if that makes sense? Yeah. So it's, it's a great story. Uh, our architect, Cody, uh, had a personal relationship with Do Kwan and Do Kwan gave us a personal grant out of his pocket to, uh, to show him a proof of concept of what this idea was. And it's before we even started calling it an operating system. We were just talking about the things that he knew he needed as a very experienced operator in the Web3 space. And Doe liked it so much that he recommended we go to the Terra DAO for a grant, and they gave us a grant. So we did a lot of building off the uh, the Terra DAO grant before we ever raised our pre-seed fund. Uh, but when Terra had their event uh, in May, uh, we had been in ghost mode for a while because we got tremendous interest from other uh, change protocols investors, and you know we we were really overcome with the. Uh, other projects and protocols and so we went into ghost mode to build because this you know to build an operating system is different than to build a game i mean this is a this is a big lift and we're trying to make an institutional quality so that it, it sustains the test of time and is trustworthy uh even outside the web3 space to the traditional industry which we got a lot of demand from that so when Terra absolutely uh, collapsed we uh we went to the chain leaders we went to juno we went to osmosis and, and jack and sunny both said wow you have solved the missing link to the cosmos we, we would have spent millions of dollars and a lot of time trying to build this, but this unifies the Cosmos ecosystem as an operating system on top of, of all. So that's kind of the, the longer story of where we started uh, with Terra. Cool. Um, MP3, any questions you popped up? Oh, I'm oh, waiting wait. for uh, the, the dev of uh, Crypto Swarm. Swarm is about to jump in. Oh, okay. Hey, Winnie, what's up? Any questions for Andromeda Weather here? Winnie, can you hear me? <laughs> Not sure if he's. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't. Uh, sorry, it was a mistake yeah. to request. Uh, oh, no problem. No big deal. Cool. I got one a little. If you just expand a little on that uh, Terra, Luna, and the Andromeda uh, relationship. Uh, so, so what would you like to know? Uh, the uh, the relationship was. Um, 
uh, Do Kwan gave us a personal grant, and he liked our proof of concept uh, that we went uh, to Terra Dow for. Uh, it was an Agora uh, request, uh, and that you know we got that uh, that grant from them, and we built the beginning of what became this operating system. Uh, and then we went to a pre-seed phase. Uh, we raised uh, you know two million dollars at a twenty-five million dollar valuation, and uh, we've been building ever since. Uh, we're in a uh, we're in another raise right now, uh, but we're really excited because we're about to uh, uh, bring this you know, from phase one of our public beta uh, to phase two at the end of this sprint, which is uh, two weeks from now. That's really awesome for you guys, dude. I hope you guys continue building and get some uh, momentum. Um, yeah, it seems really cool. Like I'm thinking this is going to enable me to like take, um, you know, uh, nft from whatever platform and make it more accessible to the general public um, well, got it Migs. and one of the things that uh, when we talk to investors and we talk to chain leaders is now someone like you i mean through the andromeda operating system you will now have uh, you know if you want to talk business terms a tam total addressable market you will now have access to a much larger market all the way across the cosmos and every chain that we're integrated with. So you're absolutely right. You won't just have to work vertically within one chain. You'll have all of the best of all the other chains in the cosmos just by accessing this operating system. You're absolutely right. And uh, what I've been trying to focus on is, is uh, get user-friendly, like um, where people don't really know they're interacting with the blockchain when they're using it, you know, like kind of expand on those ideas. And uh, yeah, what you're saying kind of fits fits a little in. It it just I'm I'm a little curious on how you're gonna accomplish that. Like uh, you just build a user flat platform where people just deal with your website, and then it just automatically just takes care of all the back end for them, or that, something like that. That's exactly right. I mean, if you haven't seen the video yet, it doesn't sound like you have, because once you see the video, the demo video that's on the website, you'll get it right away. Because our whole intent is to take all the hassle that you're dealing with now and remove it so that you can just think about what you're trying to build. So all the back end stuff that you're having to deal with right now that you do it because you have to do it right now. But the, our intent is to remove all of that friction from what you're trying to do and just let you focus on building. And so the tools. Yeah, are I think the example for people, if you haven't, like maybe if you've used WordPress or Shopify or any kind of website building tool, yeah. that's probably a good example because on the, at the base level, you have HTML and you can learn how to code and you can learn how to maybe like, you know, establish a font size and a font type for text and, you know, like paragraph it and, you know, put spacing and columns and all this other stuff. But the thing is, um, a lot of times people don't want to learn all that. It takes forever to kind of become an HTML expert. And so what you end up doing is say, okay, well, I'm going to just copy and paste code that allows me to accomplish this. And so people created different, like Adobe and others created like software that allows you to easily put these together and create websites. And then even further, the problem became like e-commerce integration, like, for example, credit cards and this and that people's ability to go use like a checkout at a, at a e-commerce site. All of you guys have used these things. So companies like WordPress and Shopify took all of the elements of an easy to use, easy to make um, web page, but also made them responsive, meaning like if you go on your phone, it looks fine. It looks good if it's on your desktop, it responds to that. And then on top of all that, it um, you can easily just add pictures, you can add links, you can add 
I don't know, sales of products or whatever. And they've made it super, super simple, which is why so many um, websites now run on, uh, or e-commerce sites run on WordPress or on Shopify or websites like that. So the idea is to make it simpler and simpler such that like, if you have a business, let's say maybe you sell t-shirts or something, the goal should not be to go learn how to program a computer so you can sell a t-shirt. It just makes no sense. The idea is to be able to deploy a website sell your t-shirts or whatever merchandise. And all you have to know is how to supply pictures and supply the, you know, the merchandise and then connect a bank account and this and that and the other thing. And next thing you know, people are buying shit from your website. The idea here with blockchains is something similar. Um, this to me is, feels like the beginning of WordPress for blockchains, particularly in the cosmos. And this makes it easier for a non-technical end user who understands what they want to create to be able to produce this thing without having to do all the coding. Now, that doesn't mean there's not coding involved in the sense that like to create Shopify or to create each new module um, or you know, drag and drop piece, if you've ever used those type of things, like I don't know, Squarespace or some of these website designers, um, someone had to program that in the back end, and that someone in this case is Andromeda. And uh, you, you basically are able to drag and drop little pieces because they've done the major work, but also there's gonna be an a, a open development community where um, even those modules are going to be built by, you know, various people, not just Andromeda. Hopefully that makes sense. And this way, like there's a community effort to more quickly build something like a WordPress, as opposed to a central company, like for example, Shopify is a great example of this. Um, you would have, you would have this built by the community at some sense, at some level. And by building those modules, maybe you know, those module designers could take a fee, like, for example, if Jade wants to create a website or something that's a dApp and she needs some tools that are found on Andromeda, maybe she goes to the App Store, pays a little fee, and gets that. Same way you'd, get, you'd pay at the App Store, like at Apple or something. You'd pay a few dollars, you get your little game or whatever, and now you can incorporate it. So it should be like a way to basically uh, promote development of those modules so that the, the ecosystem grows is the way I look at it. Did, did I say this all correctly? Is that, am I pretty close? You said it perfectly. Well done. Ah, okay, good. Then that means I, I understood it. That's how I figure out if I've sorted it out or not, if I can repeat it. And yeah. so anyway, MP3, yeah, you had a question? Yeah, um, sorry to change subjects real quick. I just want you to, I just want to introduce you to Travis. Uh, he's down there. He's probably all the way down on your, on your chat. He's oh, pretty sure. new to Twitter, but okay. uh, yeah, that's the that's the dev of uh, Crypto Swarm. Well, okay, all right. Um, let me see. I don't know if he can come up if he's busy or not. I was gonna, I could ask him some questions about it. Anyway, yeah, I think. Oh, is it Gabe or no? Uh, I'm not sure who the. Oh, Travis. There he is. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, actually, uh, we were talking about this. I'm actually um, not a dev, though. What's up? Hey there, Sifo. How are you? <laughs> oh, good, good, Sefi. Um, yeah, uh, so you, uh, he's, so the guys were talking about your little platform yesterday, and, I, and um, I'm, I'm just kind of jumping Pretty around. Pretty big platform, but yeah, it's so, fun. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> we're sort of, we'll jump off the Andromeda bandwagon here for a minute. Um, so the, um, so you guys have created kind of like what exactly the the what like what backend does it use and like what does crypto swarm do for people exactly what's the idea so it's kind of proprietary information um the the creator of the ai which isn't me um i'm not sure if you know much about lewis rosenberg um he's the he's the mind behind the ai 
Um, he develops, he's been developing AI, artificial reality, um, augmented reality um, since the early 90s before I was actually born and uh, in 92. And um, the stuff he's done has been amazing. And this AI he's got is kind of a, it's kind of just a little thing he made and turned it into a company. And we, me and my partner actually were able to contact him about turning it into a service for an NFT. Um, so anyone that accesses, you know, the, the user interface through, you know, our, our token gated websites, anyone that has our token can access it, um, or subscription now could access it. They can use our platform that helps, um, increase human intelligence by deciding the conviction of answers. It, it's AI that works and solves problems in real time with humans. And it, it kind of amplifies the ability of an individual or not an individual, a group of people more so than individual could by collectively uh, analyzing uh, everyone's input at once. And kind of so from a, from a crypto angle, like what data is this thing pulling from? Is this users it's, it's on the a, platform or external data? Yeah. Or what is it using? So it's passive. It's not a, like an active AI that scans Reddit and does scary things. It's a totally passive AI. Um, were you able, uh, probably not, if you have these questions, were you ever able to, um, like get into one of our demo sessions before we minted? Um, no, I just, no, he's not. like yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's brand new to this. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of just word of mouth marketing. We haven't done, I was thinking about paying for a bunch of marketing, but it's like, now we're just talking about it with people. Um, it, it, it there's a platform like, that everyone gets on, like how it works. There's a platform everyone logs into. And if you can picture this, it's easier to show you than explain it over a space like this. But it's like, imagine or just like to help you understand kind of like what I've done. I've done some coding for like TradingView, for example, you know, the chart platform. Um, I've used awesome. some of the different sort of technical analysis ideas from that and said, OK, wait, like, can I produce alerts that I care about that might be relevant to, you know, a, a buying pat in a strategy of some kind? Um, some of it's so, you know, really simple stuff like, you know, alerting yourself to like something like a moving average cross might be something people are familiar with. Yeah. Um, that would be something really simple um, to other more complicated things, you know. Um, but long story short, like um, there's only so much useful information that can be obtained about financial trading, in, you know, and from the perspective of like using past events to predict future. Um, you know, obviously there's like, you can get some, I guess, reference points using technical analysis, but they certainly can't predict, like, for example, when CZ is going to tweet about FTT no, and crash the market. Way too many <laughs> so, outcomes. There's way too many outcomes yeah, to be decided. On, like, right, when so, so I guess like from the perspective of something you guys are doing, obviously it's not possible to predict the future precisely, no matter what, how technical or quantitative you, you are. Because the past is doesn't like definitively. Um, obviously, the universe is deterministic to a large extent, as far as we can tell. But at the same time, the future is probabilistic. So it's like even so, the the past only looks deterministic in retrospect, in a sense. <laughs> so um, I guess that my always my suspicion about any kind of platform that uh, tries to, you know, maybe like help trading or financial whatever, is that ultimately. Um, those technologies can only do so much. And yeah. so that's why I was wondering about the details of what you guys are doing. Like, you know, what, what type of data are you guys using to make these, um, 
like maybe improve people's, I don't know, trading strategies or whatever? So it's, it's, um, that's a, that's a great and excellent question. And I appreciate you asking that. Um, I think it's uh, an outlook that not many people consider before they form an opinion about what we're doing. Um, so I appreciate you considering that. Um, but we don't actually like analyze graphs or charts and data. Um, what we do is we try to make forecasts for short windows and to make it a little more broad of an answer. Um, this doesn't have to be used just for trading. It can be made to, to form a single decision in any industry or matter or topic or discussion or argument. Um, we've just coined this AI that Lewis invented for this service for people that buy the NFT. But, um, so like, I couldn't tell you backend stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not the dev. I'm, I'm not the most technical guy. I got on this project, just a little background because I wanted to personally use it no matter how many sold. I'm like, Oh my God, this is freaking awesome. If I can just have a couple of my buddies getting together using this, we can all kind of pull like your, your experience and my experience. I feel like we can have a pretty narrow decision list. Even if it's not one decision we make together, you and I can narrow down a lot of options to a few. And then what does AI where it kind of comes into play passively it measures the conviction that you had, that I had, that 10 other people had, 20 other people had, 40 other people had in the session on using everyone's conviction rating. Um, the AI determines the most probable outcome for the answer that we were able to try to come to. So the user interface is the most important part of it. Because it's like, imagine an octagon and at each point of the octagon is a, a probable outcome. And in center of the octagon, there's a puck and then every user has a magnet that pulls the puck in the direction we think is the most probable outcome. And the AI analyzes the conviction of the people that were snapping straight to the right answer versus the people that changed from this answer, this direction, that direction, their opinion becomes less valuable because they weren't certain. Um, so it helps um, measure the most probable outcome in that sense where it, it measures the conviction rating for the people that participated. So it sounds like it's like a statistical model that's like aided by AI to determine like a probabilistic like direction of something. Yeah. So it's like it's um, it helps people make a single decision where people wouldn't agree before. Like instead of taking a poll, you know, what's the most profitable coin in the next 48 hours? You know, we all have five different answers, you know, that no one would have one clear outcome that we and could. What's the user interface that these people use? Is it um, text chat? together so it's been completely designed in-house um, i'm not sure on the technical end um, those are questions i can get answered um but um it's been completely designed in-house by the parent company and lewis rosenberg um I, I recommend anyone read into him he's i never heard about him before i was working on this project but now that i'm working with him I'm like oh my god this man's brilliant he's a genius i, I can't believe i'm working with this guy <laughs> you know so so what you're saying i think uh, if i understand correctly so it's um, a support tool that augments, you know, a group of maybe theoretical experts. And over time, if the uh, group says, okay, look, Sefi uh, makes good calls, um, then that might ultimately increase my, um, like, maybe position in the validation set of some kind, probably. 100%, yeah. So that's kind, of the that's kind of the machine learning piece. Absolutely. So what it's doing, really, is it's analyzing not so much the price of a coin in this sense. It's analyzing the group to sort of optimize. And then if you have a bigger and bigger group of so-called experts, you can find maybe a better expert opinion at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's what it's doing, if I'm not mistaken here, right? That's, that's so it can be applicable to any question 
not necessarily like a crypto question, but obviously your your particular platform, you're sort of that's like what we kind of got the rights to just include for people to use as they purchase our yeah. NFT. You know, that's what we that's so that's why we you're, talk you're about it the most. To, but we can do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, because you're trying to technically like you're marketing it to people that care about like crypto analytics because that's the group of people you want. Yeah, we want them for to be the to be the experts on the exactly. game. That's right? why so we just do like word of mouth marketing yeah. instead of me just dropping 50 grand to get 50,000 followers on Twitter. I don't see any points in that. Um but like we've been getting bashed because we didn't do that. It's like dude, that's what a waste of money. <laughs> so like here we are, I'm talking to you Sefi and like I think that you're an intelligent guy that could benefit from this. You know, it's not it doesn't have to be a competition. There's been so many people that like it consumed my ego and they're like, well, you know, if it benefits for me, it needs me. I don't need it. It's like, well, you know, it just gets better as more people join. That's at the end of the day. That's what it is. Yeah. It's kind of like how the like um, art AI stuff works, sort of like the systems watch, like what art you like, which art you end up saving and the machine learning systems start figuring out, wait, which types of things do humans like? And then it tends to offer up more of the things that people like and less of the people things that people don't. So like it's um it's a recursive tool to sort of like um find the truth as far as like really it's more not so much about crypto than it's more about the group is what it's analyzing. Absolutely. Okay, so that that I understand. Like I because when the guys came on yesterday, they were like, Oh, this is trying to predict like you know, crypto prices in some way. And I'm like, well, like that doesn't make entirely good sense. (laughs) It's a big concept. And some people like even myself, honestly, like when I first got on board and I finally understood exactly what's going on here, I I couldn't explain it as well as I did today at first. You know, I just didn't know how to put it into words that just make sense for people when you try to break it down into an easy concept, because it's not a simple concept at the end of the day. You know? Yeah. So with more data, it takes a group groups of larger and larger people and tries to assess um, uh, how accurate their perception of the future is and their ability to make accurate predictions, which then also gets augmented by feedback from the humans, which say, okay, well, I like this outcome or no, this guy wasn't right or whatever. Um, So maybe people can grade, um, you know, is there like a mechanism, like a feedback loop where people can grade the system yeah so there's like a scoreboard kind of deal that we were putting we put together um it's put together now and uh it, it ranks so whoever makes the best predictions will be higher up on the scoreboard and um anyone that's you know obviously lower on the scoreboard like i said there's a, there is a machine learning aspect to it where they're become their opinion has not become irrelevant but obviously less relevant because they're consistently wrong so you know the higher up can on I, the leaderboard can i ask a question and I'm late to the space. Sorry, is this in regards to trades? Like it's sitting there and it's, it's seeing yeah. the people. Are. Yeah. So basically, have you just copied the entire eToro copier platform, turned it into a score like they've done, and just turned it into an NFT? Because that sounds exactly like eToro. You get no a score based on your trade. About, about eToro. So oh, E-Toro I think what, what he's, I think Travis, what he's saying is like some platforms you go to they'll keep you can actually have like crowdsourced um, information like um let's say some traders do a better job than others then they um become like super traders or something on that platform and you can say hey what is super trader saying about apple stock or is, is it a buy or a sell oh, or whatever okay so i see what you're saying that so kind of idea I don't, they, they, also, they have a score 
they actually have a scoreboard yeah. of what they're doing. They log all their trades and all that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, it, it, no, no, no offense to you because I'm, I'm obviously I've just jumped into the space, but it, it just sounds like almost like a copy of that. But you've added an NFT to get a bit of value in there. Um, no, not at all. Um, it I, seems a uh, uh, very broad. So, um, am I right in that this system is meant to? kind of come across the main agreements in the concept space of a group of people. Yeah, so it's to help people come to a consensus better, to make one unanimous decision. So that way the participants can move forward in clear direction. So that's why we kind of limit it to smaller timeframes. Um, it's more easy, it's easier to predict what's going to happen as a group with this AI and it measuring the conviction of the highly rated or less rated participants about the direction of Bitcoin. Like we forecasted Bitcoin is about to dump today um, on Monday. And um, look at it now, you know, yesterday things were pumping. We forecasted it was gonna dump and it did, you know? Um, we didn't expect to start out at 100% accuracy and we don't expect to maintain that, but um, that's where we're at right now with the direction and of Bitcoin. How does, this, uh, how does this system actually elicit uh these things from users so there is um a report i just got um feedback to me there's a detailed report you can log into it's a token gated report page and um it, it details all the outcomes all the conviction ratings and i've been personally this isn't financial advice because i can't give financial advice anymore um, um i've been taking you know the high conviction decisions straight to an exchange and leveraging at 10x you know, in a 48 hour windows, we've just been been trying to predict like two to 5% movements, because if you can target that and get on top of that, um, every 2% profit margin you, I, I leverage with 10X is a 20% gain. Um, so those 2%, 5% are very underrated, consistent targets that we, uh, we aim for. And uh, to kind of get on top of the, back onto the, the scoreboard thing we were talking about, um we actually just had a, a a space and someone gave me a great idea one of my buddies jeff joined in and just gave me a great idea about um the people that are on the top of the leaderboards and like obviously the most valuable participants we just had the idea i have to run this by the team i can't say any of this is official but we i wanted to bring it to the the actual devs here because that's not me uh, i wanted to bring it to the actual devs and say um um, the people that have been consistently ranking the best and are the most valuable people in the swarm maybe we can help them um, create a product within our own environment and become a marketplace for, you know, sub subletting in a sense, um, your predictions to your community where they may not need to buy one of our NFTs or they may need to, you know, like this is all concepts I'm talking about at this point, but um, we were, we were thinking about the, the highest producers of with the most accurate forecast being able to offer their predictions in a sub token in our community or something like that. So that way, uh, yeah, the, the only problem with that, Travis, is that's all with concept, the, people in this, the people in this room, um, you would probably want to do the opposite of whatever we say. Literally, this whole concept, and I'm so sorry if I'm coming across as a dick, just sounds like eToro. That is literally exactly the copy thing of like all, uh, all these big investors. There's a lot of those but it just sounds like you, the copy thing is just adding a token to obviously add a bit more profit into that. You, you. Do the opposite of people that are in your group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chugs, the, no, the idea, yeah, there's lots of different examples of these kinds of like 
decision support tools or it's but been done it, as like crowds like you could argue it's crowdsourced information sort of right it's not that dude no it's why you turn that. something that's active on web 2 into a web 3 app that doesn't need to be a web 3 app if it's already on web 2 and working it, it's kind of like it, it I, I don't know well, it just, it really yeah i mean i think i think it sounds like you're shaming web 2 companies for trying to go to web 3 um so like what we're doing is we're, we're making this so it's harder for people to share passwords like netflix um, you know, this is a service and the service provided, you know, we, we aren't a Netflix type of service where we want everyone to log in with your username and password. So I saw a lot of value and so did Lewis. And when we pitched this to him, Hey man, you can do this and put it in the hands of people instead of just these fortune 500 companies that pay 10 to $20,000 per session for you. And you can put this back in the hands of people and you can token gate your links now. So like you, you can, you need to authorize that someone's holding our NFT and they aren't just sharing it with their buddies. Cause like, buddies as close as you are you don't share one eth with each other <laughs> you know uh so this is a good safeguard and i think a good application for a web 2 business that wants to you know token gate their services for more security so if that, if that was aimed at me as i as i said i just i i, I personally I, i'm just seeing it as reinventing the wheel on web3 but as i said i, I it, as safi said do the opposite of what we say on this panel but um that's okay yeah, no, it, it, for sure it, it could be that i've missed the first half to be fair and that that's the issue but like just from the second half of it as i said all i keep going is like eToro e in my head <laughs> it's just it keeps yeah, so spinning some, in there but... there's some community features you know we we thought we were original with i guess we're not but that's not the main product here um the product is the service that we provide which is the the, the ai tool that helps people form a singular decision instead of just like looking at leaderboards there is a leaderboard feature but that's not based on what the actual service is that's just a little cool thing we thought we'd add on a leaderboard for who's most accurate so the leaderboard's not the product. There's a, you're saying there's a website that NFT holders can log into, yeah. and they input a form where they say how confident they are about some specific thing happening. So it's less of a form. So everything, yes, up, up until the form part. So instead of um, like it being a that'd be like the traditional way to collect data and try to you know predict outcomes. You know, A B C D. What's what's your output and try to gather all the data to find out the most popular. You know, this one's at 60%, but there's still a 40% split on everyone else's decision. This tool, when you log into it, it's, it is a token-gated website. When you log into it, it's a user interface. So the AI passively works with humans inputting their answer to help everyone make one decision instead of being split on a poll. Um, Through a sort of question-answer panel, real-time form? Yeah, so it's easier to show you than um, explain it. But, like, imagine a, an octagon. At each point of the octagon, there's a probable yeah, outcome. If you can share some screenshots to the Dude, space. yeah, show, show that okay, video. Cool. Let, that me, uh, let me find something that I just got. I think it's an email or is it in Slack chat? So here's, okay, so here's one right here. Um, I might get in trouble for sharing this, but I don't care. Um, devs are freaking on me about sharing data. But like, you need to share a little bit of data so people can see what we're going on. Let me download this. And then I'm kind of new to Twitter. Let me post it and then I just share it. Right. Yeah, you share and then it will show up at the top. But... Okay, so let me post this. I might get some heat for sharing this. Uh, it's just a picture. Yeah, you think of the 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 ETH or whatever um, that you pay for the NFT is kind of like a membership fee in a sense. And then once you have that NFT, you can access and use the platform if you so desire. That's basically the, the tokenomics of the thing. And um, yeah, the NFT-based method makes it harder for someone to just simply 
um, I don't know, like give it, give a password to a friend or a family member and everyone can use it. So it's meant to be, it's designed to sort of like have the NFT lock up kind of an exclusivity for identifying you. I think that's the general idea behind using NFT here, right? Yes, that was the that was the general get up of how you know my partner and I approached the creator of this AI. I said, "Hey, man, because um, we I've heard the story. I I wasn't aware of the story, but there was a story where he tried to do this before, and you know, at the end of the day, it's a service. There's a whole company behind this. There's employees. There's dozens of employees, and there's all kinds of people. Yeah, and I, I don't you know? and I don't have a problem with using <laughs> NFTs as like um, a membership card or you know entry to a club or something like that. It makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I like it." Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It looks, I think, because like I've been know. to a lot of like the conferences. Like I just got back from the LA Blockchain Summit. I was there. What was that a week ago? Last week, and um, everyone, all these different conferences I go to. That was just the latest. That like everyone's always saying the the real sweet spot to mass adoption is Web 2.5, where people are using Web 3 services on like a Web 2 interface. They're using NFTs and crypto, and they don't even they're not even aware of it. And that's where well, there isn't really a. At this point, there's not really a Web3 interface, technically. It's exactly. kind of like, you know, so Web3 like is more so confused. Of a, it's an open source code Web3 floating around. Web3 is more of a, <laughs> a discussion about ownership. It has, like, who owns the network and, and right. how do you participate? And it has very little to do with the interface, necessarily. So, but like, so for you and me, we understand that. But, like, if I was going to go try to tell my uncle I'm having dinner with soon, um, he's going to have to say, um, how do I use this? You know, I'm going to tell him, hey, it, it, and we, we're talking about ownership here, uncle. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Trev. Um, you know, so like the bridge to bring everyone into this space so we can all utilize the things we're talking about and the benefits that are here and the changes we want to see happen, it needs to be easy for people to use. So like the, the web 2.5, I've heard a lot of people calling it. I didn't, I didn't come up with that. Um, is like the web 3 ability where like it's got all the good services and things we can do with web 3, but we're something where they're using it without even realizing it. It's just so it needs to be easier for them to use. So I'm not saying that's what, excuse me, I'm not saying that's what we're working on here, but that's kind of an idea that we wanted to make it easy for people to operate. Yeah. The hard part so far with all of this has been the fact that you still have to uh, own an NFT. You have to take custody of it. You have to have it in a wallet somewhere. And the general public um, still hasn't kind of completely sorted that out. And the reason they haven't figured it out yet is because like, Apple and Android phones and things like that don't have like built in um, ETH interfaces or wallets or they don't have like Cosmos interfaces, wallets, et cetera. So I think um, once that type of thing happens, it's going to be much easier to use a product like yours without actually knowing what you're doing for sure and be relatively safe doing it. Right. 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 So security is kind of a highlight of our project. Yeah, the, the security is kind of still a general crypto problem when it comes to individual custody. Yeah, the the experience, quite frankly, is still miserable, honestly, for most human beings. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, why um everything's yeah. the same on our website as we would find on a regular website, except you do need to you know authorize or authenticate that you have a token of ours in your wallet before you log in. Instead of username and password, is boom, authenticate your wallet, and then it's a regular website. That's and it's been in play for seven years. You know, it's it's got tons of different services around it. We've just gotten them to, we just gotten to them first saying, Hey, we want to, we want to, you know, make an NFT for people to get service access to this. And, um, that's kind of where we're at. Um, and when you say AI, like usually when people use the language of AI, you're talking about some kind of, um, machine learning or, um, neural network based system. And a lot of people use the term AI, but really are just referring to just like normal algorithms. 
um, like without necessarily a neural network. So I guess um, that's where the distinction, when I hear the words AI, I'm like, wait, where's the, like, what is the neural network doing? And, and right. what okay, functions does that specifically have, right? Or, you know, it can yeah, really rank who's more relevant, who's not. Yeah, because otherwise, like, because you can do a lot of what you're talking about with just traditional uh, algorithms. But that's what Euro is getting at. Um, I, I always it, it's I always scratch my head when people use AI. But like, you know, what does the actual neural network? Where is that housed and what is that doing? And, you know, is there a kind of a recursive machine learning mechanism involved or is it more just a traditional algorithm? So people use the word AI like for for all sorts of things, uh, the terminology AI and and. Anyway, it it, mm, it gets yeah. confusing for the end user. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I can see that. How people get confused. Uh, you're you were saying. Well, well uh, I want I want to know some predictions that you guys predicted. Okay, sure. So then, I mean, it's as far as like as far as this project goes, or overall, as long as this guy's been in play. No, no, the crypto. I I know. Okay, they they have examples of like horse racing. You guys were able to predict who, who Kentucky Derby horse race stuff like that. Yeah, but. Um, there's other there's other other governments that use this, right? The United Kingdom, the United Nations, correct? Okay, what? Are they, how do they use it? The United Nations, you know, it's, it's, to get into the itty bitty details of what questions are asked, I can't answer. But um, there has been a public example of how the United Nations has used this to predict where the next famine will occur, so they can allocate resources ahead of time. The um, there's two new contracts that recently got picked up by the parent company, obviously not our NFT project, but the parent company that I'm allowed to talk about. Um, the Air Force just picked it up. They're using um, the AI to um, decide what I can't get into the exact details, but like what better decisions to make in allocating resources. Um, you know, so they can all again put the top heads together and have them make one decision. Because um, at the core of the, the concept of this is measuring the conviction for the highest probable outcome by the professionals we're asking. So instead of taking that poll, you know, um, people come up with the most probable outcome together. And does that work uh, quantitatively like you have in the screenshot? I think you called it an octagon. Correct. Deal with qualitative answers. I'm sorry, what was that? Deal with what? Qualitative questions and answers. Yeah, so there's, like, a, there's uh, a range of questions we can answer. Um, we we try to keep it down to probable outcomes, uh, just for what we're doing. I couldn't answer too many questions on more complicated sessions um, that the parent company does. Again, uh, because Gabe, I said at the oh, sorry, you guys. I think Gabe had uh, some sort of question earlier. Uh no, I'm I'm good. I put my hand down. Sorry, thanks. So yeah, it's cool. Uh, Grin, uh, anything from you? Yeah, hey there. I am wondering, Travis. Yeah, hey do on. you trade? Do you trade the recommendations made by your software? So I can't make any financial advice, but um, I take this information that has a high conviction, and I leverage it 10x. How's that going for you? I'm fucking loving it. Like I didn't like when I first got on onto this project. Um, I was re recruited onto it by my project by my partner because he. Um, I understand more crypto than he has. I've been in crypto since 2016 and been trading it since 2017. And um, when he told me what's going on here, and I looked into it, and I saw the track record and studies by MIT that it has, um, all, all the press releases, publications, all the stuff. I was like, dude, I don't care if this doesn't sell as long as we can push it live and I can use it. I'm happy. So like I did everything I could to 
get it to the point where it's live and I'm, I'm just chilling out here using it. And, um, I, I feel like the results speak for themselves where if you're looking for consistency, um, and you know, consistent gains, you're not just only hunting for, you know, what Twitter decides is the next pump and dump. Um, I, I think consistent gains is what I've found here. And, um, I can say that. Now there's a lot of money to be made about being by being right more often than being wrong, even about like large caps in crypto with Bitcoin and Ethereum and some of the biggest traders that I've crossed paths with will maybe really only trade Bitcoin or Ethereum because they're most familiar with the charts and there's a lot of liquidity. Uh, so it doesn't bother me if the report doesn't say pick up on the latest PooCoin uh, sentiment, but um, how would you, use, how do you use it? Testimonial, not financial advice, but how do you use it? Do you enter a trade? a few times a week, once every other couple of weeks, and you're, you're watching the sentiment to see if it shifts and you need to get out or how do you trade this Travis? So then with this, um, I, I only take the high conviction rating decisions to the exchange. And I mainly do focus, like you just said on Bitcoin. I'm not so much Ethereum, um, but Bitcoin, cause that's kind of what I learned how to trade. And I've always traded that and I've picked up some, you know, smaller cap coins and made some money along the way. But Bitcoin by far has been the most consistent gains. And, you know, there's three swarm sessions a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and um, I'll participate and the report goes live a couple hours after the session. And then I can see like, oh, that conviction rating was high on that Bitcoin decision. So then it says this Bitcoin, you know, the swarm is decided with a high conviction in the report somewhere that says, um, you know, with a high conviction, it's going to move 2% up or 2% down, or we, we think it'll go. And sometimes it totally blows past that target target but we've been right in the direction hundred percent of the time on the high conviction decisions. So then I'll, I'll just set a mark on a sell order on a centralized exchange, a CEX. I'll open an order. Um, and I will set the sell order at the, the, the predicted increase or decrease. So you're actually leaving the trade. If it says 2% up high conviction, you're setting a sell order 2%. Yep. And I'll just walk off. So like yesterday, for example, I set it at 2%. Um, and this morning is down 10%. You know, so instead of, you know, I, I shorted it 2% and, and walked away happy because I'm using 10x leverage, but like that would have been a freaking amazing catch if we predicted just a, you know, a little bit more bold. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm happy with the small consistent wins, especially with the way I'm using 10x leverage, um, which I don't advise anyone to do if you don't understand the risk versus reward. Yeah, I wonder for anybody who sells something that, that seems like a, a magic key why they would ever continue to share it with the public instead of just capitalizing on it and gaining greater and greater and greater amounts and then eventually taking over the world. Bryn, I think you and so, missed, I think you missed the part where yeah. um, like the, the group matters. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah you have to have the swarm, you have to have the swarm. So the, as yeah. the swarm gets bigger, gets the better. predictions get better. It becomes more valuable. And is the technology you keep talking about the swarm technology and the swarm technology, MIT, and all these genius people, are, is it the same authors that are on your team? Or, or is this just kind of like they took the swarm technology and applied it to crypto, but it's different people from yeah, when so you say MIT and this and that? So MIT just did a study on the outcomes. They're not actually involved. So MIT did a case study to measure the accuracy versus um, enthusiasts, enthusiasts. I always mess up that word. The sports fans on a sport, it was a sports comparison they're making, um, comparing the fans that used the swarm versus professional Vegas sports bookies. And the MIT study came out that says fans that use the swarm are 30% more accurate 
in the time frame that they studied. Um, so MIT you, didn't actually use, design this. MIT did the study yeah. on. Yeah, and so, but that's that's the same. It's your swarm technology, the company that makes your product. It's yes, that. So the, I work with the yeah. inventor of the AI, um, the swarm technology. Okay. Um, yeah, he. I have a call with him every Wednesday. I'm gonna have, to have one tomorrow with him. We, we're the one that convinced him, like, dude, let us use it for pr- crypto predictions. We'll make an NFT out of it, bro. <laughs> we convinced him. Uh, yeah, we work with this whole team. Um, yeah, every, everyone's still here. That's there. Yeah, they, great. They that's, that's out of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Thanks for answering my uh, inquisition here. My pleasure. I'm happy to do so, you know? So how much are these NFTs going and can Sefi get one for free? Because Sefi likes his NFTs. <laughs> yeah. Did you, um, did that's you not my like decision to make, time. but um, um, they're one ETH right now for the soft launch. After we sell the first 300, um, we're going to mint another thousand. The first people that participated in the soft launch are going to get a, a free one after we do full launch and the floor price for those will be 1.5. Hey, I say you get Safi on board. Have you seen this guy shield the cosmos? This guy will shield the hell out of your your yeah NFTs. I don't don't be your thumbs down. If they offered you a free <laughs> NFT, you you put your thumbs up and you you'd be sitting there going, "Oh, we didn't win the Powerball, but I just leveraged ten x ten thousand dollars and like look at me now." <laughs> yeah, if you if you give him one to Safi, then he'll he'll put some rockets on it and like giant logos on it and then he'll put your name he'll put your name on every tweet <laughs> literally step in a nutshell <laughs> uh, i definitely like, have to um, run it by the team code code in, like three lines of python sounds like uh um, wait 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 he, he said he has to run it by the team we're not talking to the man give me your boss <laughs> yeah, your I, I, want to see, I want to see your manager <laughs> i'm uh i'm definitely gonna uh, mention this introduction that we made here in this productive conversation we had here to the team tomorrow. There's about, uh, about 12 of us that talk every Wednesday. Um, and everyone's got their own kind of role here. Um, Lewis, the creator of the forum is, is always council of 12. (laughs) And, uh, at least it's not a multi-stick of nine. That's all I'm going to say. Like that, that causes drama. Apparently. What's that? I said, at least it's not a multi-stick of nine. That causes a lot of drama. (laughs) We've, uh, we've learned. Do you sit at like a circular table with hoods over your face eating ortolan? Yeah, we actually have to have a background green screened in that shows us in a cave. That's very important. Um, um, <laughs> great, you've upgraded. You've upgraded yeah. cave tech since like millennia ago when you ran the world in the dark ages. <laughs> We're trying to keep it old school on the looks, you know. <laughs> guys good having everybody today um i think we're gonna break i've got to do some other things but yeah before you do this uh, can i ask him one question just uh, right assuming you guys have got this going what is the there's got to be a question of when are we coming out of a bear market and you know what, what's the prediction of that like that that would be an interesting question and I'm, I'm assuming if you're using it for crypto people have already asked this question as a consensus so what's the consensus on that for when we're coming out of a bear market um, so we haven't gotten to like custom questions like that yet. So far, I, I agree with you. That's a great question. I've been pushing for them to ask questions like that, but they said there's too many probable outcomes. Um, so then I would give my personal you know, input to that question. I think we've got at least another year, but um, yeah, February of 2024 is mine. Yeah. Something like that. Late 23, early 24, because the sounds like the having is a little bit ahead of schedule this next one around. 
I don't know, you know, with CZ, with what he's been playing up, he could probably take us out of the bear market by himself. (laughs) Like, how's how's he going to dump that stock just to buy the company? I just, he's he's an evil freaking genius. I predicted it this morning. I didn't think he'd actually got down to it. (laughs) Yeah, that was a hell of a chart looking at that. Anyway, guys, I think we'll catch up later. Um, Yeah, good catching up with everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was part two of the two-part Chepe Space Opportunities, recorded on Tuesday, November eighth, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing I'll aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Plain canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead, or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver, or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Case great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble